Team Yah Speaks podcast is a powerful and indispensable show that is essential to our ongoing cultural dialogue. Listen in as he shines the light on social, economic, and criminal brutality that plagues blacks in America. Team Yah Speaks is a full-circuit discussion that examines the origins, applications, and solutions to these relationship problems. Here are his nuggets of wisdom on how to cope and fight back. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. Welcome to another week of the King Yasmin Show. Happy Juneteenth, beloved elder, brother, friend, comrade, soldier, brother Kwame Sunhorse will be joining us on this evening's show as we talk about Juneteenth. June 19th. 1965 commemorates Juneteenth, the oldest U.S. celebration of the end of slavery. Some call it Emancipation Day. On this day in history, Major General Gordon Granger told slaves of their emancipation. President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. Quote, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executives of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired laborer, end quote. Granger read to slaves in Galveston, Texas. However, Slaves did not get that information until two years after Lincoln declared all enslaved people free. Our ancestors struggled with systemic racism and injustice. Is this a time for blacks in America to celebrate? The plague of systemic racism and injustice has lasted for 150 years after the proclamation. Please take a few moments and remember the names of our black men, women, and children murdered by police and victims of intra-racism around the world. In America, we have witnessed rogue cops that consistently murder blacks in our community with no remorse. For blacks in America, Juneteenth should reflect freedom, unity within our communities, rejoicing, unflawed educational opportunities, strengthen family relationships, celebrations, and other achievements. Unfortunately, black men, black women, and our children fall victim to police brutality almost daily. We must unite and continue to fight for our freedom across America. All around the world, people are watching and waiting. Remember the sacrifices our ancestors made. Fight for freedom. Fight for justice. Fight for humanity. Fight for your human rights. Brother Kwame, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm grateful. And I certainly appreciate uh, having you as the guest speaker for this evening as we talk about Juneteenth, as we talk about the Overground Railroad. I was introducing you, and you got quite a few titles, uh, elder, brother, friend, comrade, soldier, uh, <laughs> someone who was in this fight for justice and, and humanity. We certainly uh, appreciate and admire the work that you were doing in our community and, and around the world. Well, and I appreciate, love you for, for that introduction. And my name is Kwame Sunhorse. I live here in Georgia. And I'm a spiritual helper because the creator is a healer. 
And so in my taking this, this journey in my life on this, this red road and the path in which I've taken, I've learned from elders before me and those that are now ancestors that we have to continue to work in, in giving the knowledge and understanding who we are as a people, where we have been and where we are going. And these are the charges which I take and, and live my life path. So I'm honored to honor these ancestors by acknowledging, you know, this day of celebration of our independence as Juneteenth. And so it's very important in how we understand how we got to where we are in this right now moment. The Overground Railroad is something that, that came out of Juneteenth because before that we had this Emancipation Proclamation, Harriet Tutman would do the Underground Railroad and began to take people off the plantations and move them through nature following the drinking gourd of the stars above and take them to freedom. And these are some of the things in which we still are needing to do because we're not totally free in, in the essence of what do we define freedom as because emancipation only means transfer of ownership. So that's basically what I would like to share in and, and have us to have this discussion because it's not about I, it's about we. We as a people, as King said, will get to the promised land. And the part that we're seeing right now is that we're still struggling and fighting because you saw what we had to do coming back to the streets and began to protest and burn and do all the things. If we were free, we wouldn't have had to do this. So what we need to look at is how this day of June 19th came to be, which really it, it has a historical even more connection to a lot of things that we do that we're not overstanding that this is what it came out of. And I think that's about my introduction. So anything else, Kenya, that you, you know, before I began to disseminate some information? No, brother. I, I think that uh, we've definitely laid down a foundation for our listeners. So I think that this would definitely be an appropriate time to to uh, go ahead and, and and begin taking our listeners to the journey. All right, and and I appreciate love it. Thank us. General Granger gave an executive order on June nineteenth, eighteen sixty five, on the balcony of Asheville Plantation. And he read this order, which was two and a half years before, in 1863, January the 1st, was when the Emancipation Proclamation was done. And for the Christian people, the thing that, you know, uh, we have to look at something that came out of this was called people at church that, that do a lot of church and praying in church was called the Watch Night. And the Watch Night was done December 31st. 1862, and the people went in the north, went to the, Af the Africans there, went to church, and they began to pray because they knew at midnight that we were all going to be emancipated. And so that began the process of them really beginning to gather together to acknowledge that they were now going to be free from chattel slavery. So the watch night was one way in which we did, but also is that on December 31st, every year is when the star Sirius is, is if you go outside at 1159, it's directly overhead. 
what we're looking at is what we call our alchemy or astronomy. And what we're seeing is, is how these things interact as above, so below. And so with that being that, that date on December 31st, 1862, that, that began the process of our gaining ourselves because this country was formed on July 4th, 1776. And if you understand the astronomy is that on July 4th, every year, the sun and Sirius rise together in the east. And that's why they established their power in establishing Washington, D.C. by laying the cornerstone in the alignment with what was going on in the heaven. Fast forward to 1865, and in that two and a half years, as they went across the country and began to tell the people in Chattel that they were free, the thing was was that in them being able to now acknowledge and, and start beginning to, to begin to try to find their loved ones and their family, they began to search, and, and that, in essence, caused the celebrations of when they did find their family, they were able to do a reunion, and this is something that we do today and that we have family reunions. This is where that, that derived from because those families that had been sold off, the children, the mothers, the fathers, we went and we found our families. And when we found the families with other families that were there in celebration, we had a family reunion. And this is part of what the family reunion came from. And these are part of the things in which we still do today. Moving on and getting to Texas because in, in Texas, at Ashtonville Plantation when he read General, I mean, the executive order number three, in which the people the following year in 1866 began to have their festivities of celebration of freedom and being able to barbecue, being able to make their red velvet cake, celebrate with, with, red, with red soda, the things in which represented for them their freedom and being able to control and have some part of their lives back. And so Texas was the, the centering point of that, and then it went as far as to Oklahoma and Minnesota, that it, it went up, and, and people in their search for their families would take and do that family reunion and celebrate on that day, Juneteenth, because that was the, the last <clears throat> captives that were freed. So that became a day in which we all recognize as Africans' descendants that this is what we needed to celebrate because when 1776, that was we, we were still in chattel. And very much so because the, the signers of that Declaration of Independence in 1776, all but Benjamin Franklin, owned chattel. And so we couldn't have been freed and celebrate and, and have that. And this is where the great speech that Frederick Douglass gave about he was an abolitionist that gave the, the, the speech on the 4th of July. And even to the part where at the end of his speech, he, he talks about bending a knee and honoring that. And we look at, you know, just what, what happened with, with the part of, of dealing with a knee. A knee is symbolic in, in kneeling to something because those people in the church that I spoke about on that 1862, they were kneeling and praying to be free. But then we had the incident that just now 
no, don't let me, I'm not going to go forward, but I'm going to tie in what George Floyd represented as far as what Juneteenth and what all this is doing. So as we, we go on, it became a holiday. But what happened was is the people began to be free in Texas, and they began to do what? They began to buy land, own property, and do it. <clears throat> and what happened was in 1872, there was a brother that was a slave and got free. His name was Jack Yates. Jack Yates got up enough wealth to where for them to be able to celebrate Juneteenth, he bought the land that is the park that they celebrated on for their Juneteenth celebrations because that was in the era where Jim Crow was beginning to raise its head. So we had to have our own land to do our own celebrations. So in him obtaining this land, it was called Emancipation Park, which is in, in the area of the Third Ward. And to this day, it's still there, and it's part of UNESCO saying that this is a uh, historical place and that this is one of the first parks that were owned by us. So Jack Yates being that and being historical, that they turned around, Matt, moving fast forward, Jack Yates, they named a high school after him. And in that high school, in the Third Ward, was where George Floyd went to high school in Houston before he moved to Minnesota. And so in him tying that together, moving into Minnesota, we, we know what happened, but I'll come back to it. Because what happened in, in the essence of being there in Missouri, Kenya, and you are on a very pivotal part of, of, of geography, because what happened with, with Dred Scott, Dred Scott went to Minnesota with his wife and two children, and he was freed. And he, in turn, came back to Missouri, and he petitioned for his, his freedom. And this is what became what was called the Dred Scott decision, where Judge Taney says, you know, the white man has uh, – no, he said that, that the Negro has no rights in which the white man has to respect. And that was the Supreme Court justice that ruled down his decision. And to this day, we still see that kind of in place. So moving on into the part of, of Juneteenth being that, that specific place in which it started in Texas, Texas in 1980 made it a national holiday. There are over 47 states out of the 50 states that honor as a national holiday for that state. And there has been petitions to the Congress in Washington for it to be a national holiday because there have been many resolutions presented to that. And here in Georgia, and the part that when I moved here in 93, I was, was working with organization, the Juneteenth organization because I knew what that represented, and, and it was a very powerful day in which we need to understand when did we become independent in this country and recognize uh, that we gained our power as a people with that. And so we celebrate this today and, and honoring those ancestors that before us, because as Malcolm said, you know, and, and it's really funny because, no, it's not funny because it's a divine order, is that 1620, is when the pilgrims landed, and Malcolm says, you know, 
the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, and Plymouth Rock landed on us, which is very true because 1619, the year before, is when the first captives were brought here and traded for. So, yeah, Plymouth, they, they did land on us because we were here before the pilgrims, but we were here long before the Europeans even came out of cave, but that's another story. And anyway, the part that we're seeing now is, is very important how we understand the weaponized mind control that they're implementing on us as a people because we've been doing Juneteenth and, and it, it, it came in spurts because it, it, it died out in the 1900s, the early 1900s, because that's when we began to, where, they, where, where, where Trump is doing a rally tomorrow, was Tulsa, Oklahoma. They celebrated Juneteenth there in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma only means, in the native language, it means red land. And it was the land in which they took all of the indigenous people of the east and brought them across the Mississippi and, and put them in that land. But we also had migrated after, you know, the emancipation, and we began to build our own cities, just as Jack Yates built his own park we began to see our economic power by buying land and making our communities that we became self-sufficient as a people. And under that happening, we had the different attacks. You had Tulsa, you had Rosewood, you had the, the Auburn Street, you had the riots in St. Louis in the early 1900s, just after not that much farther out, out of coming out of slavery. And so, yeah, I remember that because some of my family members were involved in that. Uh, some of my ancestors right. were involved. And, and, and right, the, the, the Red Summer, St. Louis, 1917, 1917, we had banks, we had our own stores, we had our own doctors, we had everything it took to sustain ourselves as a people to build ourselves up as a nation. And so what was happened was is that the envy and the, the way the story goes, there was an incident between a white woman and a brother and the whole thing, but they came across the tracks. And this is the first city in the United States that ever was bombed from the air. They took crop dusters and they, they took dynamite and they took other ways of, of mala cocktails and bombed that city and burned and massacred. They say it was hundreds, but as some of the elders have said, it was more than that because they had massive graves that they had to bury those people in. And now we fast forward and looking at this, this 45 going there and, and utilizing it as a stepping stone to, one, say that we're still going to keep you under our suppression, because that's what he says when he says, make America great again, because what he's done is, is the same thing Ronald Reagan did when he started his presidential campaign, and of all places, he went to where? Money, Mississippi, where the, the, free, the three freedom riders were killed he campaigned to make America great, 
and that's what that's what the 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 war cry is is that we're implementing keeping America great even though we have gave you the transfer of ownership we're attempting to not allow it but this generation these millennials and generation x are not taking it we stood up as an elder in the 60s and did what we did but now this generation is what france fanon says in and white skin like mass he says each generation out of relative obscurity must either fulfill its mission or we will all fail and our children, this generation, and the generations to come are not going to be as, as nice as we did through the 60s because they have the techno-spiritual to communicate and to organize themselves in a way to say that no more yeah, black lives matter, but what we're saying it, it's a matter of human life that matters because this is the essence in that they had indentured service just as they had slaves. And the Europeans of the not Anglo-Saxons were also indentured. And this is where the whole concept of race came from. It's from chattel slavery. 1762 or is it 16, 1762 is when they created what was called white people. Uh, there's a book by... Ibram Kende, and, and that's an excellent book that he talks about where, where white people came from. And this was a part of them being able to take the indentured servant and to say that, you know, you will be over them, but you won't be as high up as we are as the, the Anglo-Saxons and, and the Blue Bloods. And so that began the process of white black. But before that, there was no way, no race, because you were identified by the land you came from, just as John Henry Clark said, you identify a people by land, history, and culture. And so what I'm looking at, and even when you want to look at this and the part of freedom, okay, a lot of this stuff you can look at. There's a book by uh, William Wiggins. It's called O Freedom. Or you can look at Juneteenth uh, at Comanche Crossing, and that's why Dorothy uh, Templeton. And so these are a few books that you can look at that give a historical view of, of this, this holiday. And what we're having to do in looking at the Overground Railroad, and, and I'm, I'm going to piggyback, but let me go back, regress because I want to tie in uh, the part of George Floyd and, and what he, he did when, when he was given his life was sacrificed in order for this whole thing to take head because there had been the incident in Brunswick and then you had the one in Kentucky, but the one that, that did that was, was when George Floyd on that, that day of Memorial Day, and that, that was very significant, and because they do things in ritual and to align with certain energies like a full moon, a new moon, uh, uh, a constellation rising, because all of these have power. That's why we're always told, as above, so below. It's because this, this, this 
whole concept of civilizations in which we helped to start and create as a people was dealt with and aligned with what was above us. And we drew down the energies from the heavens and brought it to the earth, in earth as it is in heaven. And so what we began to do is understand the geomancy, and this is why I was so adamant about the 3630 latitude, because that runs across into Tulsa, Oklahoma, but it also crosses the Mississippi. And see, the thing that happens with the Mississippi, it starts in Minnesota. Minnesota is called the land of 10,000 lakes, but it also was before the indigenous were, were massacred and sent out of there and up into Canada. It was also the land of 12,000 earth mounds because we learned to build mounds to align with different constellations. Just as there in, in, in East, East St. Louis, there on 57, lies the largest city. One of the first cities in, in, in this Turtle Island was Cahokia. And across the river, they put what? The monument to the Jefferson Archway. He was the implementer of, of, of this geomancy. He was a map maker in tying this in because the Mississippi is the Nile of the West. It starts there in Lake Itasca, which Itasca, they, they changed the Indian name and they named it Itasca, meaning the true head, because it's the head that runs through 10 states and adults into the Gulf of Mexico. Water control holds memory and consciousness, and that big muddy holds a lot of memories and a lot of consciousness. So what we're seeing is how this has all flowed with the alignment of the events of us moving through our galaxy in this solar system to a point where our ancestors in the temple of Dandera gave us a mapping of all of this that was getting ready to happen. And so what we're seeing is, is this disalignment and they're challenging the heavens. This is why I call it the overground railroad, because we have to know that above us always has been the Milky Way. The Milky Way is, is the, the, the Milky Way is connected with Sirius A, B, and C. And so what we're overstanding is how we reconnect back to our cosmic consciousness because we're, we're shifting from, from this 3D. We've been shifting since before 2012. But that was the crossing point of the galactic alignment of crossing the waters of new. They know our, our alchemy. They stole it. They understand our geomancy is why they, they laid the cornerstone at, at the point that they did in 1776 because they had to align Washington, D.C. with the constellation Virgo that rises in the east in this time of what is called the Piscean era. And in the Piscean era, Virgo is the opposite. That's why Liberty stands on top of the, the Washington Dome. And what it represents is the two fish and the loaves of bread in the Bible. The two fish are Pisces. The loaf of bread is Virgo because she is the wheat bearer. And so what we're seeing is that they overstand and have taken it. But what we have to do is we have to take back our, our knowledge. And so what I'm seeing with the Overground Railroad, we have to begin to do as Harriet did in, in taking people out of what they're getting ready to create now with this 5G. And, and March 28th and 29th, they pa passed a law while we were 
being on lockdown and worried about a, a virus, they passed the law saying that they could 5G map and they can put 5G anywhere because what they're doing now is they're going to what they did after slavery was they created the Jim Crow. I mean the Jim Crow. Jim Crow's were laws like the Black Law, the Pig Law, these laws, and then that's where we got the the essence of what became the police force was the Patty Rollers. After slavery ended, they still had to have a force that was going to keep us under their control, and this is what the birth of the the, the Klan and the police. They were just Patty Rollers and Night Watchmen. Overstanding this and, and knowing that these places that we, we will move from agriculture to industrial, from industrial to now we're moving into to, to technology. But in that moving into the industrial, we migrated into these cities, St. Louis, Chicago, New York, all of these big cities in which became called urban areas. Urban is defined by you take over a thousand people and you put them in a square mile radius and you have a rural area where you can take the same thousand people and put them in a, in a square mile, a country mile is bigger than a city mile. And so you have more earth and you have more nature, which we need to stay connected because we're people of the land and the sun. We're not people of the concrete steel because concrete and steel as they said in the movie Final Call, concrete, steel, and glass is nothing but tombstones of a dying society because all of those buildings are named for someone dead. You can't become grounded either. No, and that's what we're needing because we're needing to reconnect back to the earth frequency because this is what the 5G has done with it distort, distorting the frequency of oxygen because 5G is at, at the megahertz, 60 megahertz, as the same as oxygen frequency. And this is why we're masking, because we're, we're, we're having this artificial breath that we're thinking we're taking with the 5G along with the oxygen, and it's causing that the body is knowing that this is not natural, and it begins to, to, to attack itself. So what we're seeing is that we're needing to come back into nature because this is our mother and we're people of the land and what we're doing is we need to ground because concrete asphalt and being in in a box in a building and riding in a box on a car on asphalt disconnects you from 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 nature they even now in dsm4 dsm5 that which is the psychologist dictionary says is that people now have ascension disorder and nature deficit disorder, which is caused by you're not being able to be in a natural environment and you're having these symptoms of you not being able to ascend with the frequency of the earth changing. And, and this is what they're doing because in them having this rally the same way that they do with sports arenas and football games and that, they take the energy of the crowd of people and they take that energy in, in mass, mass crowds of energy, we emit a frequency. We can either emit a frequency of happiness or we can emit a frequency of fear. And so when we, when we rally and do this, they've learned how to tap into it is what they call global consciousness. 
and what Global Consciousness, you can go on their website. It's Global Consciousness and Heart Map. You can go on their consciousness on 9-10-2001. They have sensors that are on the planet that they can tell the frequency of the people in the area that their graphs began to go off the chart. And the instinct of one's heart knew that something was getting ready to happen the same way that animals know that there's a storm, there's hurricane, there's a tornado. Animals instinctively know that we have gotten away from our instincts. But on that date, on 9-10, they, they went off the chart, and the next day was 9-11. And so we have to do as the elders tell us in indigenous teaching is that learn to think with your heart because your heart will never lie. Your heart doesn't lie. Your brain will get things mixed up, but your heart is not going to lie to you. And so... These are the things in which I'm looking at the overground railroad because we need to create oases in any desert. And we, we have in our communities and these, these, these urban plantations, as I call them, food deserts. They, they even have an app that you can go on an app and tell you where the food deserts are, are in cities, where there's no, no Trader Joe or Whole Foods. They have an app to tell you because what they're doing is creating the algorithms, the new gym code, the codes in which tell them, identify, and lead them to where they need to go to get what they're needing. But in the essence is in our communities because what the gentrification is coming about, and this is why they, they did these things to cause the riot, because when we riot and burn up our neighborhoods, they can just walk in, buy the land real cheap, rebuild it over, put the technology in, raise the rent, and, and, and make it so you can't come back to that part of a city. Gentrification. That's the new gentrification. So what we're seeing is, is that this attack is now being technical, where it was the aristocrats, now these are the technocrats, the Bill Gates, the Zuckerberg, the, the rest of these billionaires, and Trump. And so what we're seeing now is that we're – we're at a turning point, and we have to begin to understand that we have to take our power back and begin to, to organize, organize, and organize. And oasis is something I said that we can create places in nature and, and places like I have a sister friend in, in uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. She was a professor there. She bought 47 acres. She got what's called Victory Gardens. There's a sister in Chicago that's taking vacant lots and calling them pandemic uh, gardens. These are places where we're beginning to grow our own food, put in businesses, but what we need is, is land in rural areas that we can come to if no more than just to camp out for a retreat for the weekend to be able to strategize our organizing and begin to nurture and do ceremonies. And the OASIS, I say it stands for an acronym, is Our Ancestors' Spirit in Service, because our ancestors' spirit is in the land. It's hard for them to be in, in the city, because this is why they, they made, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, they just opened up the lynching museum. And what they mm. did was, in the 4,400 people that were lynched in the United States, is that they go to these places where the lynchings took place. 
they will take the earth. First of all, they will apologize and they will do ceremony for the ancestor that gave their life in that lynching. And then they will take a jar with their name on it and they will put the earth in there and they take it back to the museum and they put that wall of our ancestors with the other jars of earth that came about. And so these are the ways in which we have to begin to honor ourselves and we have to bring our children. Our children are, are, are disconnected and we need to bring them back to the earth. Do you have a story to tell, experiences, or wisdoms that are begging to be shared, or just great show topic ideas? Let us know. Email us, kingyaspeaks at gmail.com, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Speaks. Write a review on iHeartRadio and Apple iTunes. You can find us wherever you stream your favorite podcast. We're gearing up to start our first ever summer fundraiser, and we need your help. If you can spare a little to support the show, cash app, Pursue Your Dreams. Thank you.